Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, you got your auto uh, distress team here back. Uh, We're a group of folks that have been getting together for many years to help you buy or lease or maintain, repair your car without getting ripped off by a car dealer. And uh, you heard my recorded introduction. We're live, we're uh, in the studio. A pretty good team here. Uh, I've got Rick Kearney on my right. He's a certified diagnostic master technician. I talked about him on the introduction. And let me tell you, if you got a problem with your car and you just don't feel like bringing it into the dealer or the garage independent mechanic right now, give us a call. We might be able to fix it on the air. We might be able to give you a tip that'll at least put your mind to rest, or you might be able to actually uh, get a minor fix just by a phone call, 877-960-9960. That's our regular landline. I think that's what they call them now, old-fashioned landline, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. The text number is... 772-497-6530. I'm not going to overwhelm you with numbers here. Uh, we got a few uh, that you could reach us. We're just not on the radio. Again, the old-fashioned 20th century radio. No survey bop. We are streaming. 20 years ago, if you asked me if I was streaming, I'd have absolutely no idea what you were talking about. Almost sounds like doing drugs, right? Yeah, but, I was thinking, uh, what, what would you think? I don't know. But uh, today... That means we're on Facebook, video, Facebook video. 20 years ago, Facebook. Is that a book with a bunch of pictures of people's faces? No. Facebook video, we're right there live now being streamed. YouTube, another another a word we never heard. So here we are, and we've got Periscope. A lot of people still haven't heard of Periscope. They're not doing too well, but we're there. If you have Periscope, we're there. Twitter, we all know about Twitter. Uh, because we have certain famous politicians that love to use Twitter, and we're there. So you can see us, hear us, uh, we're everywhere. And uh, we're all over. I'm just so happy that we're hitting all the states and stretching out of the country occasionally. And uh, we're international. We're actually all over. Uh, We would love to have your phone calls, uh, your text, and uh, just listen. Uh, We'll be here for two hours. We're going to be here till 10 o'clock. This morning, that's Eastern Standard Time. I'm not sure what Greenwich means Standard Time is, but uh, we'll have to get the Greenwich Mean Time for the people all over the world, right? I mean, we are international. I think we're at Greenwich Mean Time minus 17. Well, uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Oh, whatever. And uh, for you new folks out here, probably the highlight of the show is our Mystery Shopping Report. It's an undercover uh a kind of a sneaky operation. I like to think of the old Mike Wallace 60 Minutes 
and uh, they don't do that as much anymore as they used to, but boy, that was a lot of fun. Sunday night, Mike had come into some business, <laughs> and I used to feel sorry for the poor businessman. I was back, that was back when I was, before I'd recovered, I was an evil car dealer back then. I used to really get mad at Mike Walls because he would just make people feel so stupid, and they look stupid, and they were doing bad things. So what we do now is we send an undercover shopping into a car dealership somewhere in Florida, and we actually reached out long distance this week. Uh, where did we go, Sarasota? Uh, we went to the West Coast, Clearwater. Clearwater, went to Clearwater, Florida. We're in uh, uh, Palm Beach Gardens where we're on the East Coast, and that's on the West Coast, so it's about a 220 mile trip, and our undercover mystery shopper uh, did a great job, and uh, we'll tell you, I'll let Stu tell you a little bit about that a little later, but uh, it was one of our <laughs> most entertaining and it is educational too. It's entertaining though because it's from a very flamboyant. I got to tell you, his name is Fuchillo, <laughs> and uh, he say, uh, if you're from New York or New Jersey area, the Northeast, you probably heard of Fuchillo, and he is absolutely. Uh, he's an entertainer and a car dealer, flamboyant, outrageous, and you're just going to love this shopping report. And uh, we have the YouTube video of one of his TV commercials. And that's in the second half of the show, so I, I don't think I spoiled anything. It's still interesting and educational, but it's entertaining as well. So but that's what we do here. We we educate, inform, and we entertain, and we listen, and we learn. Uh, I want to. I can't impress on that. Uh, the not, your phone calls. We learn as, almost as much from you, maybe more, on some uh, some days that uh, you learn from us. So please call us at eight seven seven. 960-9960. Nancy Stewart, Mrs. Sunrise, I call her uh, sometimes. And uh, she's been with me for 17, 18, 19, 20 years. I lose track of time. And uh, we've been around a long time. And she was the founder of the show with me many years ago. And she's done a great job of building our audience to uh, female parity. We used to be an old boys club, all guys calling in. We still have a lot of guys calling in. And, don't get me wrong, we love you guys to call in, but we love the girls too because they have a different point of view sometimes. I mean, let's face it, boys are different than girls. A lot of people don't like to admit that, but they really are. They think a little bit differently, and uh, let's not get into that, but it's a matter of, hey, difference should be respected and saluted. So when a woman walks into a retail establishment, uh, a woman <coughs> expects to be treated respectfully, and Nancy is uh, the champion of that, and she talks about it on the show, and she has a very special offer uh, that we offer every week, uh, and I'm going to let her tell you about that, because if you're female and you're listening, don't be timid. We're, we're, we really, really encourage you, not just because of what you might learn, but what we will learn from you, female callers. And with that said, Nancy Stewart, my co-host. Good morning. Good morning. I love your backdrop. Looks beautiful. Oh, thank you. I can't see. Very it. festive. It's, yeah. a, it's a green, solid green <coughs> field. It's beautiful. Excuse me, folks. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Gosh, what an important part of the show. That's you. We love your company. We love your calls, your texts, the whole kit and caboodle. So, with that said, I'd like to speak to the ladies for a moment. I'd love to hear from you if you could share your shopping experience, uh, if things went the way you planned. 
Uh, it, it would make a great call this morning. Also, how was your, well, how was your service? How did that go? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, that should make it interesting for you. 50 bucks. And, uh, Hard to 50, believe. Yeah. yeah, $50 this time of year. Well, any time of year, <clears throat> even more so during the pandemic, uh, you could use it. So give us a call at 877-960-9960. $50 for the first two lady callers. And you can also text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to have a, I think the show's going to move really fast this morning. We've got a whole lot to get to. And wow, what a shopping report. You want to stay tuned for that, like Earl said. So uh, with that said, back to the recovering car dealer. And of course, we have a line that we sometimes don't even mention, a method of contact has become so popular we almost don't have to mention it, but I have to mention it because a lot of folks haven't heard about it. It's something nobody else has. No call-in show, no talk show, no newspaper. This isn't used. It's a great product. People don't use it because they're afraid of it. And that thing I'm talking about is youranonymousfeedback.com. It's a URL, it's a web source, internet source, that you can get on the internet and you can talk to us by going to this website and remain totally anonymous. All we see <clears throat> is an email and you are uh, screened and hidden. And it's almost like a CIA thing. When you go through youranonymousfeedback.com, you will be instructed how to contact us. You just basically type it out on your smartphone or your PC like you would normally send an email, but you're you're scrubbed, you're, you're screened, you're hidden, and nobody can ever find you. It's, uh, it's total anonymity. And when we came up with this, we thought we would, well, we didn't know what we would get. We thought there'd be terrible things said, uh, you know, insulting things so profane and vulgar we couldn't say it on the air. It doesn't happen. I mean, once in a blue moon, we might have something off color that we, we really could, but I can't remember the last time we had one. Most of the input is extremely informative and interesting. So, youranonymousfeedback.com. Go to that website and click on there and you will be able to contact and communicate with us. Ask us questions, tell us things, suggestions, whatever you want to say. We cannot find out who you are. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to flip it over to Stu Stewart. Uh, Stu is uh, my son. He's a general manager of a car dealership that we have. And it's a family operation, and uh, he uh, he's in the front lines every day. He knows what's going on today. I knew I know what's been going on for 50 years, but he's focused. He is laser focused at today's activities. He's also our cyber master, our spy master general in charge of the mystery shopping report. And I have to congratulate Stu. He came up with the idea and sent. Uh, are newer, not new anymore, she's seasoned, uh, female mystery shopper in and to Clearwater, Florida to visit a dealer that, well, you know, I, told, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but that was a stroke of genius. This is going to be the highlight of the show without question. Stu, it's all yours. Well, I cannot take credit for the idea. 
as much as I'd like to, thank you for the very, very, very complimentary introduction. Uh, Agent Lightning came up with the idea. Oh. Agent Lightning had some business, some uh, personal stuff to take care of over on the West Coast, uh -huh. and I, I began to panic because our our shopper wasn't going to be out of town. She she said, "Hey, uh, I'll be over on the West Coast. You want me to uh, mystery shop a Tampa area dealer?" And I said, "Great." Unfortunately, I don't know any Tampa. Oh, I know some. I mean, I know yeah. Toyota Tampa Bay and things like that. Uh, however, uh, she said she'll go to town. She looked up online. She found a, the offer. She set the whole thing up and. Uh, it was very easy for me. So, you know, she's so you fantastic. Didn't, you didn't even mention Fuchillo. She stumbled across She it. gave me a couple of uh, choices. First was a, a, like a, she gave me like a, a, a few Toyota dealers. I said, now we, we've been doing uh, Toyota dealerships too much. And then the next one she showed me was this uh, Fusilo uh, Nissan. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> stop right there. We're going to do Fusilo. <laughs> we, we did them a few years ago because yeah. um, we had heard about them from YouTube. So that was the thing. We saw his commercials. The guy, is, uh, he's famous up in uh, Long Island, I think, or somewhere in the New York area. Rochester. Where is he? Rochester. Rochester. And he does these, uh, these very entertaining, you know, like low-tech, old-school-looking car commercials. But the guy's got a gift. He's, there's, there's something talented about him. And um, it's che they're cheesy, and you can make fun of the commercials all you want, but you got to admit they are they are uh, compelling and entertaining. And uh, the guy's a huge success; he's got thirty-five something dealerships are all over the place, so uh, it seems to be working for him. And we had such a good time. The last time we went, I think he was giving away like a, a house or something like that. It was yeah. like you know, buy a car, get a house. It was something insane. And you see what what's happening all over the market is what we're doing now. <clears throat> when you get. Well, somebody can make you laugh yeah. and entertain you. You talk about it, yeah. and what is advertising all about? You want to be talked about. So here we are, talking about Fachillo for the past five minutes, yeah. going out to right. thousands and thousands of people who had never heard of him. Yeah. And so we're doing what he wants to do. He's a very smart it man. It reminds me of like the Arigos, our our, our former yeah. Uh, yeah. you know uh, fellow dealers down the road. Yeah, they do some kind of old school sketchy stuff, but we have a f an affection for them, <laughs> probably just from their commercials, because they seem like nice guys. So, you know, that goes a long way. Kind of uh, like Prime Auto. Huh? Oh, and Prime Auto, the guy that does those yeah. hours long in infomercials. You just laugh. and <laughs> Every you know, Sunday morning. There is value to that. Um, before I uh, get off the, uh, well, I'm going to get off the mystery shop and just mention Earl's Vigilantes. Uh, we have uh, this website set up for people who want to volunteer to help people in their community. doesn't matter where you live. We're hoping to expand it all across the country. And we have expanded in the last week. We have somebody in Pennsylvania now. And then, um, if I may have a moment, we have our first report of a vigilante success story. And this is from Robert, who's in Maryland. Ooh. So he emailed me. Do we have a call? We do. Let's go to the caller, and then we'll get back to Robert's okay, uh, email in, in a few sounds minutes. Sounds great, yeah. Sue. Thank you. Uh, we're going to go to Helen, and uh, she's calling from West Palm Beach, and she is a first-time caller. Good morning, Helen. Good morning, Nancy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for calling. Oh, you're welcome. We I bet you can you use that $50. Absolutely. Yes. We listen to you every Saturday, and I've been meaning to call you. And with the weather getting chilly this week, uh, I think it was an appropriate time. The uh, My husband and I always go back and forth. We have a 2013 Honda Pilot, and I always ask him, did you check the tire pressure? He said, well, I'll wait till the icon pops up on the dash. So, of course, it popped up this week because, of course, it got chilly, and I guess the air pressure, you know, made it do that to be cold. 
So my question is, do you solely rely on the tire pressure icon or should you check the tire pressure all the time? Well, myself, uh, I, I'm going to turn this o over to Rick, but I'll give you my opinion uh, for my vehicle. Uh, the tire pressure is uh, so extremely important, and therefore, I check my tire pressure uh, at, at least uh, two or three times a month. Uh, that that may be, you know, too much, but uh, you know, it, it affects your your gas that you use. Uh, it affects the wear and tear on the tires. They don't last as long if you don't pay attention right. to them. And there's a uh, there's a, several other factors, but I'm going to turn this over to Rick and let him explain the uh, technical part of all this. Okay. Because he's the Thank genius. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, I, you're welcome, I appreciate Helen. it because this has been going back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> uh, I, absolutely. That topic can go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Nancy. Hold on. Okay. Helen? Um, yes. I know I'm going to get yelled at by somebody about this, but your husband's <laughs> wrong and you're right. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I knew that all along. He did, too. He just needs to hear did, it from you. I didn't want to mention that. <laughs> I, I that happens a lot in our family. Exclude that detail. <laughs> but your tires do have to be cold. <laughs> Tire pressures... Are, are generally set, say, at around 35 pounds of air in, in your tires. Is, yeah. And I'm, I'm just using a, just a general number because uh, every car is a little bit different. But the sensors... Well, no, ours is, yeah. Yeah, okay. But the sensors are actually set to turn that light on at around 26 to 27 pounds of air. Ooh. Which, when your tires Ooh. have gotten that low, you're already starting to do some wear, odd... Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and call it damaging wear because you're wearing wow. the edges of the tire once it gets huh. below about 32. As they get lower, it starts putting bad wear patterns on those tires. So if you wait until the light comes on, you're already going to start damaging the, the wear pattern of those tires and it's going to make your tires wear out a lot sooner and you'll have to replace them much sooner. Terrific. I, I mean, it's not terrific, but it's yeah, well, <laughs> from my perspective, I want the, <laughs> the, the I want best the thing to do is check your tire pressures <laughs> at least once every two weeks or once a week is better. And okay. make sure that the car has been sitting still for at least an hour so that the tires are, are cool and they're not uh, hot for being driven. And then just set those tire pressures where they should be and drive on happy. Terrific. Thank and Helen, you so uh, much. Yeah, Helen, you can find, uh, you know, exactly what pressure your tires should be in your owner's manual or on the, um, the, oh, the, the yes. door. Uh, what's it called? Side wall from the tire. Oh, the, the panel, the panel. And, That's the, uh, on the, the door jam. The sticker on the door jam. That's what I was the trying to say. Jam. And also on your tires. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. can't thank you I, enough I, for your I phone do call. I know that. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you settled that little dispute. A little controversy. <laughs> right. Helen, you have yeah, a wonderful yeah. day, and thank you, you so too. much. Thank you, and happy holidays. Thank you. To spread the word. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 
3-0. Now we're going to get back to Stu and uh, some interesting information. That is right. Um, from Robert, um, he's one of our vigilantes, one of our first ones to sign up. He's, he lives in Maryland. And so he sent me an email yesterday and uh, told me about a success story, our first one that we heard back from one of our old vigilantes. This is great. He says, I'm proud to report a success story with the vigilante program. It's with a person that I work with, but I'm hopeful word of mouth will start to spread. He is young and wanted to make a spur of the moment emotional purchase, and luckily I overheard his plans from my office. <laughs> with a little intervening and intrusive leadership, I like that, I was able to convince him to slow down do some research and get the dealerships within a hundred mile radius to compete for the best bottom line price. Once he received that, the only cause of contention was an extra destination charge, but with a short email explaining that he did not want to pay for a fee that was already built into the price of the vehicle, you learn that here, uh, the dealership quickly waived the $1,495 charge, almost $1,500. Wow. Mm. I still wish I could have convinced him to research more makes and models, but it's hard to convince a 26-year-old young man that a charger RT isn't the perfect car for him. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Uh, anyway, Robert says thanks again for what we do and have a great weekend. And we will because we got that email because that means this is working. And please, if you're listening, if you need somebody to help you, go to earlsvigilantes.com. If you think you can be of help, go to earlsvigilantes.com and volunteer. Exactly. Great. Now, speaking of vigilantes, where are our hats? Um, they've been ordered, and I don't know. I'll ask Jeff. He ordered them uh, the week oh, prior. Yeah. You know, we they have to make hats. them. They're sewn. These are going to be nice hats. These aren't yeah. like prints. They're I think they're embroidering yeah. the uh, the logo and everything. Well, I'd yeah. like to. Uh, we should all wear a hat next week, yeah. and then that'll really drive this whole vigilante program. You home. know, added to the detail of them making the hats, you know, everything is running very slow, as far as uh, everything, uh, whether it be the post office, UPS, FedEx. So we're mm -hmm. just going to have to wait it out. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, www. YourAnonymousFeedback.com. That's www.YourAnonymousFeedback.com. And the young lady that just called, who was a first-time caller, give me a call back. Uh, now we'll get back to Stu, I think. Or were you finished? Oh, well, I was finished with the Vigilante's uh, promotion. <laughs> but um, we can get on. We have some text. We have anonymous feedback that's come in if you want to get to those. Yes. Okay. Uh, here's the first one. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna change up the uh, my mo. I'm gonna go to the most recent, and that way we can get to these because sometimes we we go over. Um, has Earl ever watched the various car sales trainers on YouTube? If so, what does Earl think about them? I'm thinking specifically of Steve Richards, Andy Elliott, Grant Cardone, and Jim Ziegler. Well, there. You know, I know the names of the ones of most of the names you mentioned. Uh, I have seen them. In fact, I used to. Uh, hire these people to come in and train my salespeople back before I uh, re, you know, become a recovering car dealer. Uh, they basically are uh, extremely articulate, uh, charismatic trainers, uh, personalities. They, they are motivators as much as they are uh, educators when it comes to teaching salespeople and car dealers how to sell more cars. And my problem is where do you draw the line with enthusiasm and uh, persuasion. Uh, when you go into a car dealership that's been trained by Grant Cardone or one of these other uh, expert trainers, they're good. They're slick. And uh, if you adhere to their advice, you'll sell a lot more cars. It's basically aimed at getting your hot buttons, your emotions. Uh, like any good salesperson, whether it's insurance, 
or uh, refrigerators or automobiles, uh, when you're one-on-one -on -one with a really good salesperson, you haven't got a chance. Uh, you are, they will control you and they will dominate uh, and they will sell you and you'll probably pay too much. Uh, I know I've made a lot of enemies out there and uh, you know the salespeople have been revered in our society, our capitalistic society, for uh, hundreds of years. And uh, a good salesperson is considered uh, you know, a very, very special person. And any retail group wants to have that. Uh, we're coming now to a point in our history where salespeople have to uh, change. And this is what we're trying to lead here on the show. Uh, a educated consumer prepared uh, and who has done their research and, and spent a, a decent amount of time getting competitive bids, it's a whole different animal to a salesperson. So you take a typical salesperson with all the charisma and magic, he has far less of a chance of taking advantage of the educated consumer. So uh, yes, I know about them, I respect what they do, uh, they train a lot of salespeople and managers and dealers and they make a ton of money. Here's the cool thing about it though, when we've heard this from listeners on the show all the time, they also train you. So, you know, if you have the time and you want to, <laughs> you pick up the insider secrets, watch these trainers. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I think it was, uh, who was the uh, Master of War, Shinzu, or Ricker would know this, <laughs> the, the, the book, The Art of War, Know Your Enemy. Oh, Sun Tzu. Yeah, Sun Tzu. So if you know your enemy as well as you know yourself, then you have a fighting chance. Yep. And so when you learn the tactics, you learn how, with how they learn to overcome objections, mm -hmm. which is like the, the core thing that they train in sales training, is when you tell somebody, I need to think about it, they have a million comebacks to oh, them. Yeah. You haven't got a chance. Yeah. I, I, back, back when I was a Pontiac dealer many, many years ago, I've told, told this story on the show, and my son's heard it a thousand times, but I had, I had a, a sales motivator trainer that came in to train all my salespeople and managers. And I can still see this like it was yesterday. We're standing on the showroom floor of Stuart Pontiac in West Palm Beach. And he says, now I want to show you something. And uh, uh, they were standing back. He says that the next customer that comes in, I'm going to have that customer get in the trunk of that Bonneville. It's right, he told me this. And lie down on the trunk. And I'm going to close the trunk on him. And, uh, and why would you want to do that, we asked. That is how control. you control. I'm going to teach you to control customers. And when you reach the point where you can persuade a customer to climb in the trunk of a car and lie down and let you close the trunk lid, you have learned total control right. of customers. And sure enough, he did exactly what he said. Now, can I tell you a quick funny story? And, and, and before, before I finish, the, our, uh, the customer wasn't angry. The customer was happy. The salesperson was happy. It was not a negative experience. He didn't know he'd been totally no. controlled. Yeah. No, when you told me that story, I had to try that out, but I didn't <coughs> want to do it on a real customer. So oh, did, did it was you? Larry Wells who was a salesperson. His son was was at the dealership one night, and I persuaded guy. him to get into a trunk of a camera <laughs> on the floor. But it was he wasn't a real customer. Yeah. But well, what you're telling is the truth. When I went through your sales training, by the way, back and it was at Pontiac uh, in the late '90s, uh, we were told that you never ask permission you don't say hey would you like to go out and look at a Bonneville mm -hmm. you say follow me and you start walking exactly. and the psychological impact of somebody walking away they just naturally follow you exactly. and that's just an example but it happens at every step in the sales process 
This is also very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, and we're here to remind you that, uh, you know, you can break that mold. You can get that salesperson in the trunk of the car. Uh, knowledge <laughs> is power. If you get the salesperson in the trunk <laughs> of the car, then you have won. There you go. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, um, we have one more lady caller. I have $50 for you. So take advantage. Uh, give us a call and uh, share your, you know, whether you want to ask us a question or maybe uh, you have an experience you'd like to share with us this morning about your car buying or your service. Uh, we are going to go to John, and I thank him for his patience. He's a regular caller from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I have a question, a pickup truck question for uh, to ask, and it may not be his field, um, diesel in a pickup truck. Did Rick ever hear of diesel tuners? Diesel tuners? Yes. Uh, not really sure what you're referring to, but okay, I it's would, an additive. Like, like the fish? They're illegal. There's a Florida company. They're sold on the internet. Auto stores can't sell them. They add speed and performance to the diesel mm -hmm. engine. They're illegal, totally illegal. EPA shut down one company in Florida. It's called Punch It. The reason they're illegal is they release tons and tons of of nitrogen oxide. Ah, yeah, and, okay. And they're only sold on the internet. They're not allowed to be sold in any auto store. Mm -hmm. And the EPA is really, there's 28 mm -hmm. companies that offer these. And um, it, the big problem is the nitrogen oxide. That they, It's much worse than what the Mercedes, uh, the uh, Volkswagen uh, engines that were cheating, that, you know, they got caught. This is 10 times worse, and it's a big problem, and it's, uh, like I say, you cannot buy these additives in an auto store. They're illegal, but the EPA is on to this, and they already shut down the one Florida company that's called Punch It. Kind of like so, the idea of hooking up uh, nitrous oxide in a gasoline-powered car. Yes, well, I figured, you yeah. know, Rick wouldn't be on top of it because he's a, uh, you know, uh, regular gasoline engine and the EV, but this is a very serious problem. And also, if you notice sometime, especially a performance, we don't have any of our inspections. A mm -hmm. diesel particularly smokes so bad, it's unbelievable. You have to shut your uh, inside air you, out. You know, you get the exhaust coming in on you, and you see it from time to time. That may be also that they don't change the filters I don't really know the reason, but you see that many a times on a road, smoking diesel, it's terrible. Yep. I mean, it can block your vision even Rolling sometimes. Coal. Absolutely. And, and they also aren't using the exhaust fluid properly, which is supposed to be injected into the exhaust in order to help reduce those emissions. But if the vehicle's not set up properly and they're not using it, well... It saves them a bunch of money, but it's not good for the environment. Well, these items are called diesel tuners, and they're totally illegal. But one item that really throws me off, I see it's in Costco. It's not illegal to be sold. I don't nearly know what it does. It's a blue DEF exhaust fluid that you buy. It's on the shelf with the oils. Right. And 
I don't know what that really does. That probably helps performance of the diesel. Maybe no. Rick knows that. No, that's diesel exhaust fluid, and that's for diesel trucks. It's a, a newer thing that they've started putting on the trucks. Uh, it's a, uh, an, a tank that you're supposed to fill up with this fluid, and it's injected into the exhaust stream, and it's supposed to help reduce the emissions coming out of the diesel engine. The problem is that a lot of people don't want to use it because it's kind of expensive to put it in every time, and it doesn't really do much for the operation of the vehicle. It simply reduces emissions. Well, that's a good point, but like you say, it's expensive. And I don't know much about the diesels. I know one thing, General Motors, which I followed, they really made a disaster in the 80s when they converted a gasoline engine to diesel, and it literally fell apart. It was a joke. But I do see that the good diesel I hear at a traffic light, especially in the Fords, is the Cummings. They seem to be uh, one of the best-performing diesel that I see in a vehicle, in a car or a truck. Well, it's amazing because a good four, say a four-cylinder turbo diesel, a small engine can produce as much torque and horsepower now as a V6 engine that's running on normal gasoline. And if it's designed properly and is maintained and run properly, it produces much less emissions. Well, unfortunately though, diesel is a great engine. That's why it's in all the big trucks, but it never really came over that big in the automobile and the individual passenger cars. No, I never will. Yeah, well, we got the EV now, yep. so that's the future of everything. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for the information, but I just wanted people to know what that is and how it pollutes the air yep. and how it's illegal. Yes. Hey, right. hey, John, I have a question for you. How would you like the, um, the 2021 GMC Hummers EV that uh, sold out? Uh, they sold out within 10 minutes. I saw that, and another big vehicle that they can't even get, they have 155,000 orders out, is the new Ford Bronco. They can't produce it. It's something to do with a shortage of the roof that's made in European country, and there's a shortage of that factory. So yeah, they're all on hold, but it's a very good item, you know, a vehicle that's going to sell very yeah. hot, and it's going to give a run to the Jeep. Things have slowed down on the uh, on the Bronco, uh, but uh, I was really surprised as far as the Hummer was concerned. Uh, I mean, the price tag on it is a hundred thousand dollars, and it hasn't even been tested, and people bought it anyway. Well, my opinion, I hated that vehicle from when it came out from the beginning, and I think General Motors made a bad mistake paying a lot of money to buy the Hummer label. But uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's what makes a horse race. Okay, John, thank you so much. We enjoy your company. You have uh, a good day. Company. I look forward to that shopping report. Thank you. 877-960-9960, uh, or you can text us 772-497-6530. And don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Rick's got a YouTube over here. Oh, we uh, do have an interesting question. Uh, Timothy Hernandez is asking, when is a good time to ask for premium wheels to be included, such as the ones on display inside the showroom? Well, you know, it's a matter of taste. Uh, I think premium wheels are a waste of money. They're extremely expensive. Uh, they're inclined to problems, uh, depending on the wheels. If you get the wrong set of wheels, you can spend a couple thousand dollars on a set of wheels that 
and make your life miserable when you're driving your car. Sometimes they screw up the balance. Uh, and well, I think what he's asking is in, in the sales process when yeah. you're buying a car, yeah. when, when would you mention to the salesman, hey, I, I like the vehicle, but I want those wheels that you have on special display there yeah. put on. That's what I was answering. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, mm. uh, as far as uh, when you mention the salesperson, uh, if you have your heart set on a set of fancy wheels, a lot of people do, uh, then you should check the price outside. Uh, you should also verify that it is a good wheel. You ought to check it out in terms of reliability, uh, owner satisfaction. Uh, but just because a wheel really looks good doesn't make it something that's going to let your car run as good. Factory wheels typically are the best you could go with. You use a, if it's a factory um, OEM installed wheel, then at least it's covered under the warranty and you'll be able to have the manufacturer responsible if you have problems. But uh, uh, to me, they're overpriced and uh, the value to me is nominal. All it is is aesthetic. If you want a, a fancier looking car and you want to sp spend too much money, buy a set of fancy wheels. Okay. That's my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. I agree. We all agree. Uh, we are going to go to our second first time caller, and that's Lynn, and she's calling from our favorite part of the world in Palm City. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. My question is, I listen to your show almost every Saturday. I, I have made a note of that tire issue, and we will now be checking more frequently. Uh, and I'll tell my husband, too. But the uh, question that I had was, um, some shows ago you had recommended the owl, and then I didn't catch because I had to uh, leave the house. Uh, a show afterwards you said, you know what, the owl is good, but this one is even better. And I didn't catch the name or where it could be obtained. Well, I revised, cam, my, of course. I'll revise my answer about the owl. I, my owl is giving me a problem now when it worked. It was really the best, uh, and I've had it for a couple of years, so maybe I'm being too tough on them. Uh, I'm waiting for one to come out by ring. Uh, are you familiar with the ring doorbells? You see, I, well, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the doorbell product. Yeah, they they haven't introduced the ring uh, uh, cam yet, uh, but it will integrate with your ring system. Uh, it is uh, state of the art. And who owns Ring now, Stu? Is it Google? That's Amazon. Amazon. Okay, so it's owned by Amazon, which is you know, a rock-solid, reliable company, and uh, that's what I'm going to buy as soon as they, as soon as the Ring uh, cam, all over that. dash cam comes out, I will be buying it. The Owl, I can't give it a, I can't give it a failing rating. I've had it for two years. It was good for most yeah. of those two years, but it's been in and out now and I'm yeah it worked really it worked well for a yeah. while um, the downside it did re require a subscription to their cellular service and apparently the ring will not do that so that's uh, and or Rick actually I'm sorry Rick mentioned an, an alternative that didn't require a subscription and yeah. I don't remember the maker for that but what was that I run a, a Viofo dash cam it's V-I-O-F-O V-I-O-F-O. -O. Yep. I think that's F the one I was thinking of because, of F. course, Ring probably and Amazon probably don't charge you a, a charge because all your information is sold right. <laughs> yeah. as it is when you go on those kinds of sites. <clears throat> it's V-I-O as in Oscar, F as in Frank, O. Yep. 
And is that reasonably easy for non-techie people to uh, connect? If you get the version that is a single camera, it's very easy. You just you hide the one wire down, and you can plug it into your uh, cigarette power outlet. Um, I have one that actually has two cameras, one for the front and one out the back. So I had to run an, a wire all the way to the back window. But the really nice part about it is that you do have that coverage for being able to see, you know, recording the rear behind you and in front of you. And it has an app where you can simply connect your phone to it to download the footage right to your phone while you're sitting in the car, or you can record it onto the SD card, you know, just and pop the card out and put it in your computer to download the footage. You, you know, Lynn, um, there are so many possibilities out there now, and uh, things like uh, cameras like OWL and uh, uh, BioFo, you mentioned, yep. uh, and so many others. Um, uh, I, you can't go wrong with a product that's so people-friendly, and uh, they stand behind their product, and that's uh, the ring. And uh, we've got ring everywhere in the house and uh, like I said, you, you have a lot of options and technology has really taken us pretty far. But the main ingredient for me is people friendly. It doesn't get yeah, complicated. No. I, I, I think for most of us, fortunately, uh, I have family members who are techies, so <laughs> we can always get them to help. Uh -huh. But I thank you very much because your show is very informative. And uh, we have it on the background when we're doing things here on a Saturday morning. And I think you've helped. A lot of people make better decisions. Lynn, thank you so much for taking a moment to give Earl Stewart on Cars a call. And uh, you're, you're leading the way and helping me with my platform here uh, on the show. Uh, so spread the word. And uh, this, this time of year, I'm sure the ladies could use $50. And it's always to the first two new lady callers every single Saturday morning. So help me out and spread the word. Shall do. And this this fund will go to the horse rescue here in Palm City. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and we have a text number you can take advantage of, 772-497-6530. And uh, Rick is also uh, handling the YouTube end of it, and uh, he's waiting for your, your comments, your questions, your answers. So who's up next? Oh, Stu's got some text, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the uh, the uh, anonymous feedback. Uh, here's what I almost did want to read, but I'll read it anyway, because that's what we do here. Uh, this is for Earl. I'm offended by Earl's background screen. It appears to show a street, street light at, lit at night with Jewish menorahs on the left side. I wonder if you put Protestant crosses on the right. What were, would your viewers think? And uh, Can I just answer it? It's Hanukkah. Today is Hanukkah. Oh. We'll put a Christmas tree up on Christmas. Oh. <laughs> it's, this shouldn't offend anybody, but yeah, hey, it's pretty hey, that's, easy. That's what anonymous feedback forwards for. Uh, it's for yeah. uh, reasonable people and, and and bigots as well. So, yeah. well, you could really get me in trouble because I don't know what's uh, is up back there. <laughs> Jonathan, that <laughs> opens up a whole new so, world of fun. So I, I guess I better start being sure because you know you might be putting the well. I started Ku Klux Klan. I started yeah. photoshopping things in in the background. Uh -huh. It never goes on there. It's just for my own personal. Uh, oh, amusement. okay. Yeah. Last, last week you had a frozen snowy scene, and I put uh, Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Um, behind you. Oh boy, <laughs> yikes! Didn't Hanukkah start on Thursday? Yes, it did. The first yeah, night was on Thursday. Definitely. We're on the third uh, day. I'm interrupt you, Stu, and uh, we're going to go to Nick. He's calling us from Boston. All right. Hi, Nick. 
Hi, good morning, everyone. I've called a couple times before, talked leasing, talked about the Chevy Bolt, I think, got your opinion on that. And I actually, earlier this year, did uh, did buy one in early January when they had some killer you know, rebates. But what I'm calling to just talk about today is just to get you all thoughts on what um, the auto industry and the retail uh, industry specifically is going to look like post-COVID. Uh, I mean, I'm not talking just, you know, the move towards a, a digital sales process and, you know, delivering vehicles to people's homes, but I'm talking more that the industry appears to be moving away from aggressive discounting and producing lots of supply, and they're chasing margin, um, you know, they're chasing growth rather than um Pushing out, uh, pushing out lots of units, both at the factory capacity and uh, you know the dealership managers more tactically. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I've worked in the airline industry, and it just to me looks a lot like how the airline pricing attitudes really evolved over the past decade, where um, the airlines have really been disciplined in their capacity and have been chasing uh, quality of yield. You know, business travelers only flying when people want to fly, where they want to fly, you know, versus Delta flying, you know, 15 times a day on wide bodies from Atlanta, you know, Mm -hmm. to Orlando. And anyway, I know that was a mouthful, but I just wanted to get your thoughts and, you know, if you see that playing out and, you know, what it means for uh, the industry going forward. Yeah, Nick, it's a a good question. And it's uh, uh, what, what separates the airline industry from the retail automobile is car dealers uh, you know, with the airlines delta united uh, american you know they sell directly and what they want to do is usually what is best for them uh and uh, they're starting to realize that what is uh, best for their customers is best for them and it's, it's, it's kind of an intelligent approach to the way they do their business unfortunately with car dealers uh, car dealers are entrenched. They are independent business people that are protected enormously by state laws lobbied into, into, into law by the National Automobile Dealers Association, State Dealers Association, protecting the dealers. So every dealer pretty much operates with a free hand. And uh, that's the reason change is going to come very slowly to the automobile retail business, uh, unlike airlines or even electronics. I mean, you look at the Apple, you know, there's a product that came out and it's it's marketed directly to the consumer by Apple and they are an amazing company and they have really maxed out their uh, retailing. Uh, it's a very user-friendly, safe way to buy a smartphone. But with car dealers, every dealer's different. We mystery shop different dealers every week. Some people, I mean, I think you, your question was, how is it going to be post-COVID? I think it's going to be pretty much like it was pre-COVID. The car dealers are fat and happy now. They're making money hand over fist. The manufacturers are making money hand over fist. It's one of these COVID things that surprise everybody. Certain industries are being decimated, like the restaurant. Uh, Indoor dining is dead. Uh, Car dealers, because people decided in the COVID crisis with its psychological impact that they wanted cars, new and used, and they're buying them so fast, prices are going up, profits are going up, volume is going up, and as the COVID subsides, you're gonna see them riding that tidal wave 
of uh, success and <laughs> prosperity. They're going to have a lot of money, and uh, they're going to continue to do things the way they've been doing them. They're, they're changing slowly. That's because of the education of the consumer. And the faster the consumer gets educated and relies upon the Internet and the wealth of information available to them uh, to buy through a Costco auto buying program or a True Car auto buying program, uh, once they look at consumer reports, uh, once they listen to this show and, and, and listens to, listen to the advice, it will slowly change. But I think it's going to be a good five years post-COVID before we see any significant changes in the way autos are retailed. I'm, I'm sorry it took too long to answer, but uh, my heart is very much into your question. I, I wish it were going to be sooner. Yeah, no, I, no, thank you. I'm wondering also if, you know, Stu or anybody else has, has anything to add, but I mean, that's, uh, I appreciate it. I, I'm just wondering though, right, if the dealerships on the tactical level have been accustomed to getting deals with more gross, you yeah. know, and that they're operating in a constrained environment where, you know, for every, say, three Camrys you sell, you know that you'll only get allocation for one and a half or two, you know, that's a much more conservative approach when it comes to the management of the desk and, you know, how how much their incentives and what have you. And I mean, yeah. if you look yeah. at the factory, let me ask, too. Let me ask, too, to, uh, to address that. He had a point. Yeah, well, it, mainly during this summer, the, the biggest effect we saw from COVID as far as inventories um, grosses did go up, and it was a function of supply and demand when there was less vehicles to sell. Uh, dealers took advantage of it. In some cases, you know, were forced to to try and get more margin um, on, the, on the lower volume that they were selling. Um, that's, especially with the, the large volume manufacturers like Toyota, Honda, that, that's passed. We have more inventory than we, what we know to do with, and Toyota is heavily incentivizing vehicles. It's back to the old, the old model. Um, and just speaking from our experience with Toyota, they're not changing, at least they're not indicating, their entire business model is volume, volume, volume. Because the, the manufacturer doesn't care. They're, they make their, their, their margin when as soon as they wholesale the car to the dealer. Um, they tweak that with incentives, um, but for the most part, they're making a, they're making a ton of money. Uh, when they, when they, don't, they don't care what the car dealer is selling it for. In other words, what's happening on the tactical level it's becoming harder and harder to justify a bigger margin because uh, a customer can go to uh, these these vehicles are not rare and not hard to find so uh, w once the inventories were replenished which we started to see by the end of the summer um, things kind of went back to normal interesting well and just one other thing that's kind of related to this that i read in the wall street journal about a week and a half ago um maybe it was discussed in last week's show i'm not sure but uh gm you know, had put a, put an ultimatum out to their entire Cadillac dealer network and said that they have to get on board to sell the, uh, I think it's the Lyric, the, the uh, all-electric SUV yeah. that they have coming out in about two years. And I think they said it was a quarter of a million to become certified and get the training, the equipment, the DC fast charge infrastructure, yeah. or they could take a buyout. And, you know, I, I, found, that, uh, right. I found that a very interesting read. Well, that's that's. I mean, that's something that we actually considered about uh, two years ago. We did a, a complete uh, remodel expansion of our dealership, and our question was: Are we going to invest um, heavily in 
uh, all the, these charging stations. Now, we did, but we did it at a much smaller scale, and that was informed by our understanding of Toyota's uh, uh, near-term and mid-term plans for electric vehicles. We know we're going to get some, but we're not going to do the, the whole lot. Um, I don't remember if it was Volvo or there's another manufacturer where the uh, they're going to try and electrify the entire lot because at some point you're going to have all electric vehicles and you're going to need to be able to, to do these. Uh, so it's a major capital investment for, for dealers. And um, I'm honestly not surprised that, that Cadillac or GM is forcing well, the dealers, dealers to do Well, car dealers have been this. doing that since uh, yeah. I, I was uh, beginning in the business. Yeah. And they, they come in and they try to dictate to the dealers. Unfortunately, uh, they've created a monster in their dealers. Their dealers don't have to listen to them anymore. And uh, it, there, w there was a time when you could intimidate a dealer to do anything you wanted. And that's really what spawned the state laws to protect dealers. So now most dealers, not all, the weaker dealers, the financially insecure, undercapitalized dealers can be vulnerable to a manufacturer's demands. But a dealer that's, that is doing well, and most car dealers are doing very well today, uh, they ignore uh, the Cadillac dealers. I read that article, uh, Nick, and uh, the Cadillac dealers will ignore that. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, the, the worst case scenario, they might have to turn around and sell their franchise, but the, a Cadillac franchise would be worth far more than the cost to them or what they would, what Cadillac would want to give them uh, for you know a, going along with their demands. But that's that's not unusual. Uh, Toyota made us build a Scion showroom uh, a number of years back. We spent a lot of money on signs and yeah. training and building a separate area to sell the Toyota Scion. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, because Scion no longer exists. Right. Every time the manufacturer we tries to do something, uh, they have to have the cooperation of the dealers. They didn't get it, yeah. and so Scion went away. It was a great idea, but yeah. they they had to get past the monster that they've created, which is an independent Toyota dealer. And they're, we're, we control ourselves yeah. now. The manufacturer cannot control dealers anymore. Yeah, if, if we had refused to to uh, put in the, the Scion facilities and all that, we wouldn't be allowed to sell the Scion brand. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't make us sell the dealership, uh, like they're, they're putting the pressure on the Cadillac dealers, but um, you know, it is a uh, heavy-handed approach that's gone back probably for 100 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, and I, I am aware of Scion. I, I did not own one, but I did a number of years ago riding to LAX. had uh, heard a mouthful from a Lyft driver that the XB, uh, you know, the cube, small SUV hatchback, that the windshield there seems to really attract lots of rocks and, you know, gets a lot of chips. Mm -hmm. So I had heard an interesting anecdote on that, but... Anyway, I just did want to say one other thing, though, just on the, you know, electric vehicle and, you know, intermediate term trends, you know, as a three-time electric vehicle buyer from non-Tesla, you know, franchise auto uh, auto dealers, you know, I really, really wish, you know, it's great that they're trying to get the equipment and the infrastructure, but something that's really lost is the training, you know, both not understanding the electric vehicle customer you know, you go to, like, the Chevy dealer that I went to. I mean, they knew absolutely nothing about the car. And, I mean, this is one right. of, in the region, one of the largest dealerships. Absolutely. absolutely. And I was educating them, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and that but, training is really important, as you well know. 
especially uh, in the areas that you're speaking of. Nick, it has been great speaking to you. We certainly hope we'll hear from you again. And uh, tell your friends to give us a call and uh, your lady friends. Uh, I usually give away $50 for the first two new lady callers. So have yourself a wonderful weekend and stay safe. Most definitely. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, 777-960-9960, or you can text us 772-497-6530. And uh, don't forget, you can go to Earl on Cars and uh, read his latest column, True Car, almost as good as Costco. It's True Car to buy your next new car. Great read. And there's so many other columns uh, right there, and uh, you can certainly entertain yourself and accumulate a whole lot of, uh, well, some whatever whatever you want to call it to go out and buy yourself a car or get your car serviced. So uh, catch that. We'll go back to uh, Rick has work. some YouTubes. Uh, Donovan Lewis has a question he tried to get in last week. We ran a little short on time. He says, why is there such a huge difference in the dealer experience between American brands versus Japanese brands versus European. I was in three different dealers, one from each region, and the experience in the American brand was so bad, the dealership was dirty, old, tons of salespeople, very little mass, and extremely pushy. The European and Japanese brands were far better. Everyone was much more professional, nicer, everything was new and clean. It's sad to see the American car dealer being that bad and this is not the first time I've had this experience in an American car dealer. It always seems to be a second-rate experience. The European brand was a very nice experience. What's your thoughts on that one, Earl? Well, part of the, part of the problem is a little complicated, but part of the problem is the American brands, the General Motors, the Fords, the Chryslers, uh, they're the first franchises that came around the country, and a lot of these franchises have been around a long, long time. And uh, anybody could get one of those franchises. Uh, typically, the manufacturers over-dealered, we call it. They, they, they put too many dealers into our market. And they're not very profitable and uh, because they're too dense and they compete against each other. I'm talking about General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler. Then along came the Japanese and the, uh, the Europeans. Now, these cars came, came in more slowly, and the franchises were built more slowly and the Japanese and the European manufacturers were a little bit more choosy who they let have franchise because the quality of the vehicle was something, the demand was uh, exciting and more, and uh, right now today the most profitable dealers in the, United, in the United States are number one Lexus and number two Toyota. Chevrolet dealers are probably down around number 30 in mm -hmm. profitability. So. Uh, the Japanese hold their dealers to a higher standard, the Europeans hold their dealers to a higher standard, and it's kind of like anybody that wants a Chevrolet franchise, or uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit, it's, uh, it's very easy to get a Chrysler or a, or a Chevrolet franchise, not in any market, but if, if, you, if, I, if you wanted a, a Lexus dealership today, forget about it. You wouldn't be able to get one. Never. Uh, I don't care if you were uh, the president of the United States, you wouldn't qualify. Or if you're Earl Stewart. Or if you're Earl Stewart. I know, because I've tried. <laughs> We're still I trying. want a Lexus. I'm begging you, give me a Lexus right now. 
but they won't do it. And uh, so supply and demand, quality, and uh, that's yeah. the reason the American uh, experience in general. And there are some great exceptions. I mean, trust yeah. me, there's some Toyota dealers out there uh, that you don't want to go near, and there's some uh, Chevrolet dealers out there that do a fantastic job. Yeah. But in general, the American experience is less, and that's why. It's also harder to, to, to push a... Uh a, a less than profitable dealership into investing in facilities. Yes. So it's hard to make the argument to a Toyota or Honda when they say, "Hey, you got to upgrade your facilities. Yeah. I, I can't afford it." And they go, "We see your financial statements. Yeah. We know you can afford it." So, all right. Uh, this is we got a text from Anne Marie. Uh, oh, our favorite texter. This one kind of made me a little uncomfortable, but uh, we're okay. Uh, do any Toyota vehicles have a donut spare tire anymore? Any full spare tires on trucks? Thanks. And this is from an old dinosaur who drives a car with a key, a CD player, and a donut spare. Wow. Uh, to, to answer your question, <laughs> you're hard-pressed to find any Toyota vehicles with a full-size spare. That's going to be your, your trucks. That's going to be a 4Runner, Tacoma, Tundra. Camrys now have donuts. Um, some of the cars don't even have spares, like uh, the lower models of Corollas. The, the hybrids will have the, the, the inflation kits, which Rick strongly recommends against using because of the, the problems that happen. Go ahead. Use the air pump, but don't use the right. chemical. Yes, right. Don't fill it up it. with goo because that will ruin your sensors and you have a big problem and more expense. So um, that's the way the whole industry is going. Uh, they're trying to get the vehicles lighter for uh, to meet uh, the CAFE standards. Go ahead. I, what, he says he's dinosaur, but he talks about what, what's this CD thing? It's, is I, that supposed to replace my eight track? I try to read it as kid, as a kid player. I didn't. I don't know what. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't even know what MP3 is. Uh, is that supposed <laughs> to replace my eight track player? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, I heard John from Palm City talk about diesels. I almost screwed up and put diesel in my gas car. What would have happened if I had done that? Uh, would I ruin my engine? Also, on another note, I have heard that diesels can run on vegetable oil, even discarded French fry oil. True? It's booming. Yeah, so yeah what would have happened if, uh, if they, she had squeezed the, uh, the green handle? If you, if you only got just a little bit of diesel in there, it would hurt the performance some, but it would run the, eventually just run the tank out and get fresh fuel in there, and you'd be fine. If you got too much diesel, too high a concentration, your car would stop running. Okay. What would happen is we'd have to drain the tank completely, flush it out, and flush out the lines, and run a flush through the injectors to clean all that old diesel fuel out, because diesel fuel is much thicker than gasoline. And once we get it all flushed out, then we could run fresh fuel through, and you'd be back in operation. So what 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 would that have cost her? Uh, I'm going to say in the neighborhood of around 400 to 500 dollars. So it's a pretty expensive mistake. Yeah, but it, it will not destroy your engine. Like if you were to put E85 in an engine, mm -hmm. that could destroy the fuel tank and the fuel lines and possibly cause damage to the engine, multiplying uh, that by thousands of dollars. Wow. I'm, I'm curious. Um, I'm going to embarrass my mm -hmm. brother. I hope my brother Josh is listening. A long time ago, he rented a diesel truck for a moving uh, situation. No oh more. And he put gasoline in the diesel truck. What would happen when the situation is reversed? Most cases, it will simply stop running and not run oh. because gasoline usually will not ignite in a diesel engine just from the compression. There's no spark to set it off. And 
there's not quite enough compression there to set off gasoline just by compression alone. So it was just it was pretty dumb of him to do that. It's it's yeah. a common mistake because yeah. I mean just, <laughs> right. nowadays no, these pumps are happen. confusing. Trust me, it can happen. We know that. Yeah. All right, moving along, we have a text from Fitz. Oh, do we have a caller? Yes, I we saw. have a caller, and it's Dawn from West Palm Beach. Hey, Dawn. Good morning, Dawn. Welcome. Good morning, um, Miss Helen. Please um, say the number for the call in more slowly. I had to call the dealership to actually get the number. Oh, okay. But I'll work on, on that. Posi- on, a po- on a positive note, um, two weeks ago or so, somebody called in and said that they didn't have a CD player, a track player, a cassette player, or anything in their car. And we had a 2015 car that um, did not have any of that. And a young person told me to download all of my CDs on a laptop, which was 32 of them, I believe, and then download that on a thumb drive, since all of the newer cars have the the port, whatever it is, MBS or... USB. USB port. USB, there you go. And put it in it, and also with the car, instead of it playing all 10 or 12 um, songs straight in a row, Somebody that has technical information can um, set it up where it bounces back between the different CDs that you put on on the thumb drive, hmm. and uh, that was really great to solve that problem. Wow, I didn't know that. Yep, what a great idea! As a matter of fact, on the screen, you can usually bring up uh, the folders that will show what CDs you have. So you can pick and choose certain ones that you'll want to play from. And you put the thumb drive in, yep. and you can mix, or you can repeat, or all those fancy Shuffle things. them up, or play them in sequence. Shuffle, yeah, that's the word, shuffle. Yep. Well, that's the reason I love you callers, Don. It's just absolutely amazing. I didn't even know that myself. Really a cool idea. Nancy's got a whole bunch of CDs in the closet, and uh, those are her old, old-time Goldie Oldies favorite songs. We could do that. Yeah. CDs, 8-track tapes, I, I got it all. Another idea is if you have an old cell phone, as iPhones are great for this, so you know, an older one, simply delete everything off of it, even if it's not connected to cell service, and simply use it as a music player, put all your music onto the iPhone, and plug that right in, and let it connect up and wow. play as like a regular player, and it's great. Wow. A lot of great information right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Don, uh, I have a question for you. How would you like to join us uh, in uh, our quest uh, to uh, accumulate some volunteers for Earl's Vigilantes? Do you, uh, do you consider yourself an auto expert or close to it? You know what an expert is. An ex No, tell is me. An X is a has-been, and a spurt is a drip under pressure. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, we, we really don't, uh, you know, we, want, we, we just want someone to try to help people that are less fortunate in terms of their capacity to buy or lease or maintain or repair their car. You probably have some friends out there that you're helping right now, don't you? Oh, uh, I'm 76, and so I, um, 
have been in the antique cars and Corvettes mm -hmm. over the years and so forth, and I'm very much into that. And I'm also going to be coming to the dealership to wheel and deal with Miss Helen, possibly, on a new Sequoia. Uh -huh. And that that was my second uh, question or statement. Why hasn't Toyota improved their gas mileage on their big buses, uh, meaning uh, Tahoe's and Chevy Suburban and the same thing of the GM and the uh, Cadillac? Uh, they've increased their gas mileage 2022 on the top end, and Toyota is still at that 17. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's a good question. I, I think competition will make them move eventually. Are we talking, I think I'm, I'm talking about the large SUVs? Yeah. Probably, yes, sir. I'm, I'm going to guess, and this is not to be cheeky, is the, the big SUVs that Toyota has, the Sequoia, Atlantic, they sell about, a dealer might sell one every three months because there's not really, it's not really a, a vehicle of focus for Toyota. Yeah, the motivation that manufacturers have to lower the gas mileage other than kind of supply and demand is the uh, requirements that they have a certain gas mileage by the federal government that they have to meet a standard every few years. They have to increase their fuel economy. Otherwise, they're penalized a lot of money. Uh, so they look at their low-selling vehicles like Land Cruisers in Toyota's case, and they don't emphasize uh, their re-engineering and designing those as much. They look at their volume vehicles that they sell more of, the Highlander, for example, is a volume SUV for Toyota, and they have considerably improved their gas mileage. Uh, the other thing is that gas prices are down considerably, and people don't talk gas mileage like they used to anymore. Uh, we've, we find out that uh, people buy SUVs, and uh, they don't care that they could buy a smaller vehicle, a lighter vehicle, and get greater gas mileage. They, they want the bulk, and they want the SUV. It's in style. Rick has a point. Well, one other thing that's going to be coming very soon, Toyota's also starting to switch away from the V8 engines. They're going to be going to a turbo V6, which will produce the same horsepower and, and torque, but will do so with a low, uh, better fuel economy. Sure. Does that answer your question, Nick? Is that, is that going, do you think that's going to come out by 2021? near the end or 2022 or further down the road uh 21 and 22 you're going to see those they'll they'll start coming out okay and uh, uh okay. don to sorry to interrupt you but uh, i just want to thank you for the call and uh guess what we're all in the same category as you are earl turned 80 yesterday and i turned 78 last week and uh we have a lot of, uh, well, auto knowledge under our belts, and I think you do, too. You sound like as if that you are a educated consumer and you've accumulated a lot of information. So uh, give it a thought, earlsvigilantes.com. You would not only be, uh, well, helping, uh, you know, uh, consumers, but your own community. And you get a hat. Yeah, I'll you get, get your hat, Don. Right. And I'll also work yep. on that number. 877-960-9960. How's that? Great. That was fantastic. Oh, thank you, Don. I appreciate you uh, okay. complimenting me. You have okay. a wonderful I weekend. Thank you, and you have a great holiday as well. Thank you. 
Okay, that number again is 877-960-9960. We're all going to start dancing here in the studio. I was, I was kind of doing that. <laughs> I was doing a little table, table dance. Okay, Stu. Uh, I think you've got some yeah, text we're, to we, we're Yeah, we're starting to read a, a text we had from Fitz. Uh, sounds like a Rick question. I own a 2000 Mazda 626 with almost 190,000 miles on the odometer. The coolant tank slash reservoir keeps developing hairline cracks and coolant oozes out of the tank while the tank is under pressure. I've Duct tape. Huh? Duct tape. There we go. Well, let's move on to the next text. <laughs> when all this fails, that's what we use. Duct tape on everything. <laughs> I've replaced said tank three times in the past. Should have used duct tape. Uh, for this reason, and also sometimes the coolant level in the tank gets low because of said oozing. Any idea why this problem keeps occurring over and over again? Can you suggest any fixes? Postscript, I know me the metal version of this tank doesn't exist. And that's from Fitz. Yeah, sometimes those plastic tanks, the quality of the material they're using just doesn't hold up with the heat under the hood. And unfortunately, Is there's the really not a good fix for it. Is it the miles? I mean, he's had it for, he's driven it for quite a long time. 190 is, uh, that's, that's a pretty good time. You've, you've gotten a good life out of that car. 20 years. So I suggest keep driving it, and as long as those tanks aren't super expensive to replace, pop a new one in there, or check, was maybe it, look was, for an aftermarket was version. Idea, was Earl's idea any good? The duct tape? I, I wouldn't go with duct tape, but I would actually consider maybe <laughs> like that Flex Seal spray-on stuff. I would give that a try, Ooh. and other than just leave a little, put a piece of tape on so you can uh, peel off so that you'll be able to see the level still, you know, make a little window so you can see that level, mm -hmm. but maybe try some of that stuff, and other than that, keep driving that car until the wheels fall off of it. Get your money's <laughs> worth out of it completely, and All right. run right. it until they can't you're, run no more. You're speaking uh, fi figuratively, right? <laughs> no. You're not seriously <laughs> suggesting that he's on 995 and you want his wheels to come off as a signal. Oh, no, I just mean, uh, you know, keep driving it until that said, car yeah, will figure, not run figure anymore. Figure. He's teasing you. Exactly. But hopefully they fall off in your driveway yeah. when you're uh, yeah. inside and not you know, driving th your car. Th this is really great. We sit here every week, <laughs> and I don't think we give Rick enough, well, accolades and acknowledgement and compliments. Uh. He can answer just about every single, all questions. I think that John called this morning hmm. to... I think he was playing a game on you, Rick. Let's stump Rick, because he asked you a question. Well, but he also asked about a chemical that really is an illegal additive to be put into engines. Look out. And that's something that, yeah, I, I'm not out there looking for illegal chemicals to put in cars. No, not at this point. Okay, let's get back to Stu. Rick doesn't dabble in the dark arts of no. car mechanics. Um, here's a good one. I have four kids that I haul around in a Honda Odyssey all day. Needless to say, the interior is nasty. Very nasty. Crumbs, spills, trash, you name it. Other than telling me to control my kids, you try it. I'm sure parents of young kids will commiserate. Any suggestions to make things easier for me? And duct actually, tape. I do. I got something for you. Duct Hit. tape. Duct tape. Duct tape, exactly. Uh, Wrap the kids in duct tape. Right, so the, and they're just completely immobilized. <laughs> no. I had, I had three. That's what I used to do. <laughs> I, I had three. <laughs> The three, well, when they're younger, they would trash our cars as well. There actually are things, and the hardest part is down in between the seats where the, 
French fries and the other garbage goes down, there is covers that go in there that prevents the things from getting in the nooks and crannies. And they actually looks pretty good. You put it over the seat, I think it clips, and then you put the car seats over that. And when they spill all that stuff, all you gotta do is take this up, shake it out, or and wash it. So it helps. Um, and yeah, I completely commiserate with you because uh, my car is always clean. My wife's car is always uh, nasty, and that was because the kids. Uh, but they're all, all these, grown up now. They don't do that. Yeah, all these interesting They trash stories. their own cars now. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to interrupt you, Stu, and uh, introduce uh, Bob from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Bob, you there? Bob sounds like, sounds like a yes. small robot. Oh, sorry. There he is. <laughs> What's on your mind, Bob? Uh, oh, my question are. relates to a recall I received on a 2018 Camry, and that recall indicates that there is a problem with, the, I think it's low-pressure fuel, fuel pump, pump. Mm -hmm. and at high speeds, uh, the engine may stall and may be re difficult to restart. Uh, and I wonder if there was any further update by your mechanical people on what they've heard from Toyota, because at the time they said they didn't have a solution, they were working on it, and time uncertain as to whether they, when they would uh, get a fix ready for that. Rick can answer that. Yep, it's a parts supply question right now. They're trying to get a good supply of the fuel pumps so that when they announce that yes, we're ready to start repairing these cars, they have enough fuel pumps to handle the huge influx of customers that are gonna show up at these dealerships. They've gotta get a company to produce these pumps get them out to the different parts departments and then get them out to the dealerships so that we can be stocked up and ready to go because when this one hits, it's going to be a huge wave of cars. A lot of them. But we have a secret trick really? to tell you. And Bob, I'm going to give you a secret here. Don't tell anybody about this because Toyota doesn't Wait, hold on a second. Everybody else who's listening, you yeah. turn your volume down, but if Bob, you're, If you're a Toyota dealer or you work for Toyota Manufacturing, turn off your radio or your YouTuber. Okay, here's the secret, Bob. If you feel uncomfortable about the fact that the vehicle you're driving, your 2018 Camry, could be on I-95 going along at, at the uh, normal speed of 80 miles an hour, and, uh, and your fuel pump failed, and you're in the middle lane, and your car no longer had any power, that you might feel your life was being threatened, and this would be something you're afraid to drive that car. If you were to share that with your Toyota dealer and he were to share that with a manufacturer, Toyota, they just might give you a free loaner car to drive and take your car and uh, hold it and then prioritize the fuel pumps that come out because they're having to pay for your rental car. And then when the fuel pumps come in, you go to the top of the line, they fix your car fast, which is good for you, and it's good for them because they can get their rental car back and don't have to pay for it anymore. So that's an inside tip that I want to give you, but don't tell anybody I said that. Yeah, because the, okay. yeah, the, well, uh, yeah, the official rollout. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, they, we just got an update uh, yesterday on the availability, and it is kind of insane because some of them go far out as late March 2021. So people who are driving these vehicles right now, these are the people who are driving uh, 2018 to 2020 Tacomas. Make a little bit of noise with your dealer and, and get your, get it taken care of. Yeah. Well, that dealer is you. All right. Well, we hear you. <laughs> Give us a call. <laughs> All right. I will. Yeah, I called a service writer. 
Thanks, Bob. We've had that call of uh, that type every week for a while now, and people are concerned about it. And uh, obviously, Toyota just doesn't want to make a recall on this because they don't have the pumps available, and they just have uh, uh, millions of uh, free loaner cars out, free to the customer, and they're paying the dealers for it. We kind of like it as dealers because we get paid by Toyota for the loaner car, so we love it when people come in and ask for a free loaner from Toyota because Toyota pays us for your loaner. So uh, welcome one and all. Do I talk to the service manager about this or the yeah, just, uh, service writer? You just uh, I deal with there. Ask Mark manager. Feldman. He's yeah. a service manager at our dealership. Mark Feldman, F-E-L-T-M-A-N. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, fine. Uh, the other the other interesting, co- well, the thing that interests me is a previous comment that you had made about Carvana. Yes. And, of course, I see those ads very frequently on television, which are very enticing. I would not do that because um, I'm sold on Earl Stewart Toyota, and I really am. So I wouldn't do it, but, but I'm interested in whether or not they're, from an Internet sales point of view, uh, highly competitive with you. Uh, yes and no. They, they are competitive because they do national television. It's intense. Uh, it's unique. It's very good advertising. And so they've made their name. Uh, awareness is, is huge. So that's why they're a competitor. But uh, in terms of price and availability, uh, I won't say availability, they've got a pretty good availability, but uh, uh, they're a factor in the market. I mean, they are, uh, they got a lot of money. They did an IPO and they have hundreds of millions of dollars and uh, uh, they're a factor. And I believe uh, if you look ahead 10 years from now, Cars like um, companies like Carvana will be doing a lot more share of the market than they do today. Well, one of the interesting thoughts I have on that, Earl, is is um, is what do you do for service after you buy a car from Carvana? I mean, well, you've got to go to a local dealer who didn't sell you the car. Yeah. Well, Does either that, that or independent mechanic. I mean, CarMax is the same yeah. thing. Uh, there are there are. Uh, if you buy a used car, typically the used if it's an independent used car dealer, typically they don't repair cars. Uh, Car- Carmax doesn't. They have a minor thing they can do minor stuff for, but they don't really do it. So yeah, yeah. When you buy a used car, you usually have the challenge, and you don't necessarily want to bring it back to the dealer anyway. You might want to find another dealer or another independent mechanic. But uh, you, uh, well, that's true with a new car too, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So Carvana is buying their cars directly from Toyota, for example, if they're no. selling Toyota Camrys or any other brand of Toyota. No, they're no. only selling used they cars. They buy them like no. you do and used then cars retail only. them. No, they don't buy them from the manufacturer. They, they get them uh, from auctions, uh, and I imagine if people bought from them and traded in a vehicle. They buy their cars from, from the same place that the car dealers buy their cars. Car dealers have additional source, which is trade-ins, and Carvana has trade-ins also, but... Uh, they buy them at the Mannheim auctions. They go and buy a lot of cars, and they pay the market value. And uh, the car dealers are out there bidding against Carvana, and the high bidder gets the car, and then they take that car and they mark it up a couple thousand dollars, and uh, they sell it to you. So uh, the source of used cars is the same for everybody: Carvana, Carmax, uh, new car dealers, used car dealers. Everybody buys cars at the auction. 
Okay, so what I got, what didn't get clear from them was the car that I buy. If I were to buy one, I'd buy a used car from them, right? Yes, you can't it's buy a new car. A, it's yeah, not you, a brand new car. In no, no. Now CarMax has a few, very few, new car dealerships, but in order to get a new car dealership, if you want to sell Chevrolets, you got to knock on General Motors' door and say, "Please, Mr. General Motors." I want to be a Chevrolet dealer, or they have to go to an existing Chevrolet dealer and say, I want to buy your dealership. Uh, they don't pass out new car franchises. You have to pay for them, or you have to be on the uh, preferred list as a manufacturer. I see. Well, all right, sir. Thank you very much, Mr. Stewart. I always enjoy listening to your program and talk to you. Well, call me Earl, Bob. It makes me feel old when people call me <laughs> Mr. Stewart. Thank you so okay. much, Bob. We'll do, Earl. Thank you. You, Thank you know, uh, I'd like to ask you if you'd like to join Earl's Vigilantes. Uh, have you heard us talk about it? I have. I, I think I, I would decline. Uh, yeah, I, I, not, I wouldn't be comfortable doing that kind of thing. I don't think I, I had nothing wrong with it. I just, you know, it's something I wouldn't really be comfortable doing. Well, oh, I understand. You wouldn't be comfortable in that type of element. Bob, thank you so much for your call. Keep on listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. Have a wonderful weekend. I will. Okay. Thank you. Just, uh, are you going to get a chance to mention uh, the uh, car? Uh, I think it's a uh, wash car titles. I was I, reading I, that. I, I don't think right at this minute. Uh, let's see how. Let's take well, some more text. Yeah, we got a, we got a big list to get through. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, so this is from Joe, um, who is, uh, I guess, a dual citizenship in Ohio and Boca Raton. <laughs> um, I may not go to Florida this winter because of COVID. I'm putting my second car on a trickle charger. And this sounds like a Rick question, so listen up. While on the charger, can I start the engine and run it for a little while? Thank you, and happy birthday to my Sicilian compatriot. That would be Nancy, otherwise known as Helen sometimes. Can you start your car while, on tri while you're on a trickle charger? Yes, you can. Simple as that. Yep. Nothing to worry about. Nope. Okay. Very good. <laughs> um, let's and jump over to anonymous Rick feedback. Rick is the succinct answer of the show award. Succinct answer. Very well, good. Well, if we just if we did everything with yes and no answers, it would be a really boring show. Yes, it would. <laughs> let's let's see how Rick can do. Let's how succinct can you get? Uh, Rick. Tire pressure. Explain why you recommend setting tire pressure near the maximum shown on the tire. And that's from Gary. On anonymous feedback. <laughs> I recommend that because running at those higher pressures while still safe will give you better fuel economy and better tire wear. Make your tires last longer. A little rougher ride. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I've always done it too and we've been doing it for years and years and years and years with our, our personal vehicles and I can honestly tell you don't 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 let, let that the rough ride dissuade you. I don't know anything else. I'm so used to it. I mean I could imagine I get a softer ride but I just don't know. So we always pump ours up a little bit. More. I love checking the pressure on our on our tires. Mm -hmm. I'd say they're all step back. Mm -hmm. I come out in the driveway with my gadget. And that's really nice. The, the, the apps a lot of manufacturers have. Toyota has it. Um, you can check just from your phone your tire pressure in each individual tire. I think that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, you're doing so much for your tires. You know, especially you won't replace them as quickly. You know, if you didn't pay attention to them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to interrupt Stu, and we're going to go to the dog walker Dave from Palm Beach. Good morning, Dave. Again. Listen, um, Earl, I, I'm curious. Uh, you know, we, we're talking about uh, car dealers with a gimmick, you know, like perhaps what we're going to hear more about later in the show. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you had been familiar with or, or ever heard of a car dealer 
out in California. It wasn't just California, but all up and down California named Cal Worthington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he okay. was... Okay, now he, there's a character. <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he was an icon. He was, he was a little bit like uh, the, the dealer that we shopped that will be coming up very shortly, Pachillo. Yeah, when you when you have that persona and charisma, that well, what, what was his name again? Uh, you, Billy Fischel. Cal Worthington. Oh, his. Oh, the, the new one. Yeah, okay. and, and he had he had that uh, uh, what do you call it? theater uh, personality, that even though he was lying and and exaggerating and promising things he couldn't deliver, you were entertained by that and. I guess a lot of people just didn't take him seriously, and he was very successful. Uh, he finally, oh. as I recall, he went too far one day and, and said something terrible. There was live TV commercials back then, and he said right. he said something terrible, and they they threw him off the air. I think. Yeah. yeah well, they they did in California. Now this is what I find to be the most interesting part about this. I knew he was up and down the coast. But uh, I was in Southern California, and mm -hmm. so mostly I was familiar with Santa Ana and Wilmington and mm -hmm. those commercials. Um, and he had more up in uh, uh, towards San Francisco. But I went to Las Vegas in 1980s uh -huh. with my parents and my grandparents. And sure enough, he had dealerships in Nevada as well. And I had no idea. Uh, but what a character, you know, it, it, Cal Worthington and his dog Spot. Yeah. And and they were everything. It could be a dog, it could be a, a tiger laying on the hood of a car. Uh, <laughs> it was always Cal Worthington and his dog Spot. He had ostriches. Uh -huh. uh, it just, and the guy, you remember the way the guy either. used to dress? <laughs> you remember the way he used to dress? Oh. Western attire and a big yeah. white. Cowboy hat, and, you know. He had bang he had bangles before bangles were popular. Were popular. Uh, but you, that kind of ages. I'm aging myself here by by telling you all this. But God, uh, yeah, he was something. Did you remember Fletcher Jones when you were in Las so Vegas? I was, yes. So I was thinking about. Yes. It. Yeah, he was he yes. was a character too. He he always had a uh, uh, a pet, and he do the live commercials too, holding a dog. Or and one time he had yeah. a. Uh, one time he was holding a cat, and the cat scratched him, and Fletcher screamed and swore at the cat and threw the cat off the off the stage. <laughs> and, uh, so on, it, on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, go see cow, go see cow, go see cow. That was his that was his tagline. Yeah. yeah. Boy, what a character! Hey, listen, really enjoying the show again. Another good show. Thank you very much, brother. I, Appreciate the call. And I'm going to Google uh, Cal Worthington and see if I can find some YouTubes because I would love to watch some of those old things. I wonder if they exist, but I'm going to try to find them. I'll bet you somebody's put them up, put some of them up. Yeah. They were just too, uh, too, too entertaining to not <laughs> try to archive somewhere. I see Rick tapping and searching Thanks, Dave. over there. Thank you All for right, sharing. Guys. All right. Have a nice day, guys. Thank okay, you. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Now, speaking now, of YouTubes, uh, are we at the point now where we should... Uh, the, uh, no, no, that, that's Rick. during the shop. You'll, okay. you'll, you'll be in the shopping room. Okay. All right, anonymous feedback. Uh, do you have recommendations for uh, dealers in the Denver area finding it difficult to negotiate with uh, for a Toyota RAV4 hybrid? Any suggestions? Uh, they will not provide a Costco price on hybrids. Is that normal? Um, I don't know anybody in the actual Denver area. We 
do no dealers in the Denver region, which is a large area encompassing several western states. Um, probably too far from the uh, the guys we know are probably too far from Denver. Um, closest would be yeah. What Utah. I what I would tell them is go to Costco yeah. and go to uh, well, the True Car and find the dealers that are certified, and you can see their prices right online without having well, to visit them. That's that was his problem. They're not listed on 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 Costco, and I want to know if that's if that's. Uh, uh, normal and it is normal because Costco gives the dealer yeah. an opportunity to submit their price if it's not low enough for Costco. So a, a low supply high demand vehicle like a Rav4 hybrid, which yeah. isn't that of a low supply, but it kind of is. They might be selling them above a price. Costco will agree to list and it won't show up. But if you expand, put in different zip codes, go expand your radius a little bit. You might find a, a dealer who is offering a low enough price for Costco to list. Through TrueCar and Costco. Yeah. That's the reason I did my columns back to back. One for TrueCar, one for Costco. They're both great programs, and you, you should you should use both of them. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a related question, uh, anonymous feedback. Where do I find your blog on how to use the Costco program? It's really simple. Go to EarlOnCars.com. Um, it, it was posted on November 30th, uh, Monday. It's the second um, posted blog post. So if you go to EarlOnCars.com, scroll down a half a page, and you'll see it. And it's titled Costco Auto Buying Program, Your Best Bet for a Low Price. And as a bonus, the one right after that is True Car, almost as good as Costco to buy your next car. So read them both um, at EarlOnCars.com. Okay. Next. I saw a really long, like 40 or 50 foot SUV. Something like that would be really nice to have. What manufacturers make really long SUVs like that? I want one. What? A 50 um, foot I, SUV? I think you saw a limousine and yeah. they're not made by the manufacturers. The, they're modified. Um, and I don't believe that they're safe. <laughs> I mean, they're, <laughs> I've seen like a large, like a, uh, like a Lincoln Navigator that literally is 40, 50 feet long. It's designed yeah. for parties, and it's a, it's a. There was a terrible thing. accident not too long ago with one of those types of uh, vehicles. I think it was a bunch of gals from a wedding you know, yeah. uh, that were driving one of those stretch limousines that was, as you say, built by a third party, and uh, they're not safe. I, I, I'd stay away from those. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a horrible accident. Uh, more anonymous feedback. Since customers have no way of knowing how much a dealer paid for a used car i.e. wholesale or a trade-in, how do we determine what is a reasonable price to pay for a used car? I'm assuming the goal should be to pay less than the retail price listed on the car uh, on the website like Edmunds, NADA, or Kelly. Um, it is a tough thing, but the good news is you have the internet. And most, in most cases, people are looking for cars that are fairly common. They're looking for Honda Accords, Camrys. There's a million of them out there. And so you're going to do the same thing that we advise week after week on the show is get multiple quotes. It's not going to be on the same vehicle, but you try and find with the same year, make, model, miles, close enough miles, and trim level, and do your comparison shopping. Um, I can say that a model that a lot of dealers have taken right now, they, they call it Velocity, is in the, in the, back in the, in the past they would just uh, arbitrarily mark up cars for $5,000 and try and sell them. Uh, most dealers are using programs like V Auto. It's, a, wa it's yeah. a waste of time yeah. to try to guess the dealer's Price. cost. You just got to compare. Don't even exactly. It's com competitive shopping, and that's uh, you've got Auto Trader, you've got Cars.com, you've got uh, a lot of sources on the internet, Kelly Blue Book, and you shop and compare and uh, competitively comparison. Uh, what the dealer paid for it 
really doesn't necessarily translate into any information you can use. So um, shop from at least three car dealers. Okay. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to mention that we have the Mystery Shopping Report coming up very soon. So you want to stay tuned for that um, Mystery Shop of Facello Nissan of Clearwater, Florida. Um, it's very interesting. And uh, also one more uh, shout out to everyone, Earl's Vigilantes. You can still sign up and you can help uh, those in your community if you think that you've got a little bit of uh, auto expert, earlsvigilantes.com. Now back to Stu. All right, we'll try to do a, a lightning round just to get as many as we can before we start that. Uh, this one is a text that says, if you were gonna buy a car for your daughter, would it be a, a, a Subaru Forester or a Toyota RAV4 regarding safety and value? Um, I would recommend going to Consumer Reports. I bought my daughter a RAV4, um, but I have a connection at a Toyota dealership. Yes, and I, I would buy my daughter too if I had a daughter, but uh, yes. I just got to because I'm a Toyota uh, dealer. No, <laughs> uh, I think the Subaru might be um, ahead of the RAV4 on uh, Consumer Reports. I, I'd have to check that. That's probably, I'd go to Consumer Reports and buy whatever they said. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, but we got to move through these, uh, these texts and questions. Um, we have one here for Rick. Rick, I have a 2009 Kia Optima. The back passenger door lock intermittently fails, won't lock or unlock. When using the key fob, I have to manually lock or unlock the door. What could be the cause? Two years ago, I took it to the dealer. Dealer said it was the main control unit on the driver door. I had it replaced and it solved the issue for 14 months. Apparently, it's not working anymore. Thanks for your help. It could be either that control or it could be the door lock actuator itself the little motor on the latch that works the lock and unlock function. Okay. Um, last one, I think we need to jump over to the, the mystery shopping report. Uh, to clarify about the Costco buying plan, if a person went to two additional Toyota dealers besides the Costco dealer with exactly the same car and with the same access accessory packages, would the price of the car minus the dealer fees be the same? And if not, could you please explain? Well, if I understand the question, Correctly, I'm looking. You're looking at Costco prices at multiple Toyota dealers. Um, the only way to do that is kind of Costco um, gives territories uh, around a, a Costco warehouse to a dealer. So if you're looking for a Toyota dealer, there's only going to be one in that immediate area. To find another Toyota dealer on the Costco uh, program, you'd have to expand your search radius and go a little bit farther away. Maybe, maybe 20 miles. Something yeah, like that. it won't be huge. Um, yeah. it just basically as far apart as you can find as as you find a Costco warehouse, there's going to be a Toyota dealer associated. And chances are the uh, prices would be pretty close. Yeah. And uh, but you should do that, and you should do the true car price. Listen, to spend an hour or two hours in your living room or your home office or wherever you got your PC or your smartphone, uh, to spend a couple hours online uh, is going to save you a lot, a lot of money. So uh, check, uh, you know, check as many uh, car dealerships as you can. Check Costco. Check True Car the dealer directly competition is your friend in two hours of intense research online you'll save thousands of dollars before you even have to walk out the door and also don't forget about consumer report uh, the latest edition of uh, it's uh, the December issue uh, they have some uh, top-rated uh, information here on tires cars SUVs trucks so uh, you might want to consider that all right, I apologize to all the texters and anonymous feedback submitters I didn't get to. I promise we'll get to you next Saturday.
Absolutely. Uh, we are going to go ahead and, and uh, address the mystery shopping report. Are well, we going to do the YouTube first, or are we going to do this? Uh, there, in the report, there's a, there's a point where it's oh, okay. cute to, to bring okay. it up. Okay. Mystery shop of Fuchillo Nissan of Clearwater, Florida. Uh, 220 miles, 221 miles. Uh, for starters, it's a long-distance mystery shop, 221 miles from our studios here at Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. I think this may be the second furthest dealership uh, we've investigated after Alan Turner Hyundai, I've forgotten that name, in Pensacola, 600 miles from here. But what really makes this a report, and this will... Uh, you got to do it. Huge. Huge. <laughs> huge. Uh, and that's because this guy, Facillo, that's his trademark. Everything is huge. It's a car dealer we're shopping, Bob Facillo owner of a pretty big deep it's very big group i didn't i didn't know it was that big he's got uh some may say it's huge yeah huge <laughs> right 35 dealerships 31 of which are in new york and uh jonathan's i think he said rochester area yeah and uh he must be out of the rochester area because they couldn't get 35 dealerships just in rochester i wouldn't think uh the remaining four are in florida billy facillo i love that billy facillo is famous for his commercials and his memorable catchphrase. It's going to be huge. Let's take a look. I'll listen for you listeners out there, the radio guys, at one of these ads in which Billy Facillo speaks to God <laughs> about Hyundai's. Okay, roll it, Mike. R roll the tape. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I never thought there were so many Hyundai's here in heaven. <laughs> They're building new roads to accommodate all these new Hyundais that get over 30 miles a gallon, that have 10-year warranties. It's very similar to Ridge Road in Greece. They're enlarging that road to accommodate all the Hyundais that are going to be sold because you know they get over 30 miles a gallon. It's the best buy in the market. It's huge, Rochester. Huge. <laughs> oh. Very passionate. Hey, Mike, can we can, can we run that again? I, I mean, oh my lord! I never thought there were so many Hyundai's here in heaven. They're building new roads to accommodate all these new Hyundai's that get over 30 miles a gallon, that have 10-year warranties. It's very similar to Ridge Road in Greece. They're enlarging that road to accommodate all the Hyundais that are going to be sold because you know they get over 30 miles a gallon. It's the best buy in the market. It's huge, Rochester. Huge. <laughs> I like how he works himself up at the end. I thought he was like, yeah, like Billy, you're running out of time. So he, he speeds no. it up and goes insane. So if you're looking for some real entertainment, I encourage you, uh, forget about Netflix uh, one night and just start binging on Vachilla <laughs> commercials on YouTube. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. They are entertaining. He's got a ton. I promise you'll not be disappointed. Everything about Vachillo's dealerships are over the top. And Billy, Billy Vachillo, promises a lot to get customers in the door. Free cruises, cars, trips around the world, free houses. Right. Actually, <laughs> That was the one we checked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why are we going all the way to Tampa area uh, to do our weekly report? Well, Agent Lightning uh, this week uh, was there. And personal matters uh, dictated that. And we figured, what the heck, while she's over there, why not check out Billy Fuchillo? And that's what we did. And uh, I hope you enjoy this. It's, uh, again, keep, bear in mind, 
Uh, we had a call earlier about Cal Worthington in California years ago. I mentioned Fletcher Jones, another crazy car dealer from Las Vegas. Well, we got a crazy car dealer still around. And uh, here he is. He's, uh, he's huge. And uh, he's Billy Facillo. She found, uh, Agent Lightning did, found a 2020, 2020 Nissan Rogue for the amazing low price of just $19,999 for an SUV with an MSRP of nearly $27,000. Now, that's a big discount. This would be a great deal. Uh, and again, some might call it huge. First impressions. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> did I miss it? Did I turn two pages? Uh, nope, first impressions. Okay, good. Uh, I can't lick my fingers with my mask. First impressions were good at Pachillo Nissan of Clearwater. A young salesman named Robert greeted me politely. I'm a female. I'm speaking of the pers first person who's Agent Lightning now, female, uh, as I entered the showroom. Uh, he was wearing a, a mask, and he was, uh, everyone else was. That's good. So the first impression is very positive about Pachillo Nissan. Robert led me to a table where he took my photo ID asked me a series of questions printed on the back of a worksheet. Now, that's interesting. It's almost like transparency. Uh, they're putting up front qualifications that you may not be able to make. The purpose was to determine whether I qualified for any number of rebates from Nissan or the dealership itself. Uh, and uh, it wasn't clear which were which. And uh, the Nissan incentive qualifiers uh, were, and I'll hold it up briefly for the camera here, and that's what it looked like. It went from uh, finance with Nissan Motors acceptance, uh, inactive retired military, recent college graduate, owner loyalty certificate, uh, truck cash recipient, Titan and Frontier, registered Nissan in your household, and where are you currently employed? So all of those answers to all those questions indicated some kind of a discount. Napleton did that, remember? Napleton had yeah. the... Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot. I call so, it the disqualifier worksheet. So I answered, <laughs> I'm the shopper, I answered no to all the questions. I had a feeling that I wouldn't qualify for the low $19.99 price that brought me in the door. But I went ahead and showed Robert the ad. Robert wasted no time and asked me if I'd read the fine print. I mean, that's up front, right? Did you read the fine print? And uh, before I could answer, he advised me that almost no one ever qualified for their advertised prices. Now, it's not refreshing. The car salesman in the car dealership tells you as, you, as soon as you bring out the advertisement, but did you read the fine print? And of course, I said no, didn't even see it. And, and he, he says, well, listen, almost no one ever qualifies for that advertised price. And it's so brash, it catches you off guard. And you know, what you should do at that point is run screaming out of the dealership, get in your car and leave. But you don't do that because it's such it's a disarming honesty is the way I can put it. When you uh, actually picture somebody doing that, it's really funny to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I looked at the fine print and remarked how difficult it was to read. Well, that's the purpose of fine print. That's why they if we make a fine print, in large print, it wouldn't have, it's supposed to be, you're not supposed to read it. I'm, I'm just making that up. He didn't say that. Fine is such a nice way to describe it because it ain't fine. Yeah. It's tiny. Tiny. Yeah. Uh, and here's the fine print. Uh, you, when you read it, you still don't know what it is. $3,000 NMAC, 
who knows what that is. Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation. Well, I know, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, just help, I'm helping yeah. the listeners. $500 NMAC, holiday bonus cash. $500 owner NMAC, owner appreciation. Uh, factory incentives expire soon. Uh, <laughs> At any moment. Any year. Could be any time. And are subject to change. Uh, dealer's discount is $2,871. Price plus tax tags and DMV fields, uh, fees. Uh, prices, uh, prior sales excluded. I'm not sure what that uh, means. Yeah. Well, that means that if I just read this and found out I did have some of this stuff, too late because you didn't tell me when you bought the car earlier. Oh, that's what it means. Okay. Right. Yeah. Somebody somebody bought the car yesterday and realized that he didn't that he did right. qualify. Too too late. Right. See dealer for details may not be combined with other offers. Offer expires January fourth, two thousand twenty one. Well, right up there they said soon and then they tell you down here. January fourth. Okay. Uh, and again this is uh Fuchillo Nissan, Billy Fuchillo Nissan and uh Tampa area. Clearwater. Clearwater, yeah, Tampa area uh, on the west coast of Florida because we're international now. Right. Where the hell is Clearwater? Exactly. I didn't see any reference to military or college grad rebates, nor was there anything about Titan or Frontier Pickup. That was on the back of the sheet they showed me. But so it wasn't in the fine print. It wasn't, it wasn't in the fine print. I played a long feigned disappointment. I asked Robert if he had any new rogues in stock he would get closer to the ad price with. He said, He'd have to check. He asked me if I would be financing through them. If I did, I may get additional rebates. Okay. Uh, always say you're going to finance with them, even when you're not going to, because if they think they can make a lot of money on you when they finance the car, they might be a little bit gentler in terms of mm -hmm. uh, selling of the car up front. And then you can always change your mind, which you should, because you should not finance with them. You should finance either pay cash or use the bank or credit union. Uh, I said my husband and I planned to pay cash. Robert acknowledged this and left to find my rogue. Ten minutes, Robert was back with a key and a printed copy in the fine print and large and easier to read. I just read that earlier. He warned me again that my price would be somewhat higher. He said he'd go get the vehicle and ask me to meet him up front. I met him outside. Robert parked the silver 2020 Nissan Rogue S with an MSRP of $26,870, just like the one in the ad. Hmm. Exactly the same MSRP. There was an addendum. Here we go. Addendum next to the Monroni label. We call that a phony Monroni. $2,995. Let's call it $3,000 in worthless stuff. A year of resist all pain protection, worthless. One year key and remote replacement, worthless. One year of nitrofill, really worthless. Wheel locks, that's worth a, a few bucks. Yeah. All weather mass and window, relatively cheap. And nowhere near, if you added all that together, it's so far short of $3,000, you can forget about it, it'd be a couple hundred bucks, yeah. So that's the jack the price of. Now, Robert went over the vehicle and we got into a conversation about the advertised price. He acted like it was just normal for car dealers to have no basis <laughs> in reality, which is true. I mean, Robert's truth was disarming. Right. He agreed that their ad was a gimmick to draw me in. Yeah. I mean, we're having this conversation. You're here, aren't you? And he didn't <laughs> seem terribly remorseful about it. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> that's, 
You know, usually when you is. catch a guy stealing, they, they, they stutter and they stammer and they apologize or they try to lie out of it. But uh, Robert just said, hey, yeah, we lied to get you in the door and now you're here. Hey, make the most of it. You know, you're here. Let's see what we can do. Okay? We got you. <laughs> you don't want to run out of here and go home. It's going to take a lot of time. So you got to love Robert just like you like Billy Fichillo. Uh, <laughs> Robert turns his attention to the addendum, $3,000 worth of worthless, maybe 200 bucks worth of stuff for three grand, proudly stating that uh, Mr. Facillo, friends call him Billy, Mr. Facillo adds his package to all of his vehicles because of the great value <laughs> to his customer. Now, Robert just told you that he was lying to you, and now he's telling you that Mr. Facillo says that $3,000 uh, is worth a lot of money, probably worth more than three thousand dollars, and 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 he expects I'm going to agree with him, and uh, ain't going to happen. Dot com. After a quick test drive, we returned to the showroom. Robert left me at the table while he went to speak with his boss. He returned with the sales manager at his side. The sales manager began by trying to get me to finance with him. I held my ground. I've told you before many times. That's where the money is made at car dealerships. Break even, make a few bucks in a new car department and then slam them on the finance and the products they sell you in the business office, that's where they make their money. Average about $2,000 a car. For every car they sell, they average about $2,000, maybe $1,800 on that, and make much less of that on the new car. Uh, they present a sales worksheet. Uh, the sales price was $23,909. They added $795 dock fee, that's the hidden fee, dealer fee, uh, by many, many different names, sales tax, and a, a hefty, too hefty, really, $720.50 for license and fees. And we'll never know exactly what that is until we get into the box, into the finance office, and I have a suspicion that there's some uh, non-government fees in that $720. Oh, yeah. Then they subtracted a $3,500 rebate, and that was a Nissan factory rebate, making my out-the-door price 23483 rounded off. The sales manager asked if I was happy with the price. I said, maybe I would have been if I hadn't come in expecting to pay $19,999 and not $23,909, $4,000 higher. He said that the $3,500 rebate hmm? I'm saying yeah, made the price actually $20,409, not much higher than the ad price. I said I would need to think about it. We said our goodbyes, and I left. Uh, we expected some huge uh, discounts. We were not disappointed, although the final sales price wasn't terribly higher than the ad price. So many old school tactics were employed before we got to that. Bait and switch ad, impossible to get rebates, uh, giant addendum, and the rest of it. So it was an exciting ride. It was an enter entertaining ride, and uh, it's it's a typical uh, car dealer, uh, old school, mm -hmm. uh, razzle dazzle. And uh, what can I say? I, uh, 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 it might be worth the price of admission just by watching the Vachillo YouTubes yeah. and the advertisements. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think Agent Lightning did herself a favor when she objected to the addendum. Yeah. So when Bill, when Robert went to speak to the manager, he probably said, yeah, she ain't going to have any of this stuff. She really objected to it. So they came down and they gave her, gave her uh, wound yeah. up getting a, a good price. I checked it on, on TrueCar and it's a, yeah. it's a great price. Yeah. 
if you can show a little toughness, a little uh, uh, resilience, uh, uh, if you can be, people just don't like to become aggressive and go head to head with car salespeople. But if you can just muster up a little bit, remember they want to sell you the car. They don't want you to leave and go home and not come back. So uh, the more resistance and objection and concern you show, the lower your price is going to be. Nancy? At what point are you um, stamped uh, an aggressive person when you throw the salesperson in the trunk? Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's, let's, we'll ask, I'm going to ask Agent Lightning if she can get a salesperson in the trunk. We'll, we'll just try it. I think we should. <laughs> let's go around. Let's see how the votes go. Well, we have some coming in. Um, Linda on Facebook uh, says, I voted F, a bunch of liars. Um, <laughs> You saw that on Facebook too? Yeah. I like that. Uh, and then Jonathan Wellington. Um, so the salesperson, salesman was honest about the lies. <laughs> Let me look at home. That's a little cognitive dissonance for me. He was honest about the lies, but a lie is still a lie. And he gives him an F. So we got two Fs so far. I'm, I'm not going to fail him. Um, I'm going to give him a C minus. Yeah. Rick? I've got Donovan with a big fat F. Nate Ward, yuck, a D minus. Uh, Tim Gilliland, telling me you're cheating me doesn't make it any better. A huge D. Uh, Mark Ryan with an F. The customer should not have to work that hard to spend their money. Carmen Green says, uh, I'll give it a D plus. Definitely not the worst I've seen. John Strine says, F, same old, same old, bait and switch. And for me, I'm going to give him a D. Barely passing, but folks... You better gear up when you go in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Got a couple more. Mark gives them a D. And then Frank comes and says, interesting shopping report. And actually a B for being entertaining. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A lot of bait and switch. And as Rick said, you better gear up. You know, knowledge is power. So what, are you, what are your grades, Nancy? D. Oh, D. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give them a, a C minus like Stu. I, I think that in spite of what you say, uh, the the fact that they they came down to a fairly decent price, the fact that uh, the salesperson, you know, uh, earlier comment, I don't care whether they tell me they're cheating or not if they're cheating, you know, when they tell you you're cheating, at least that's the degree of honesty. I mean, we had that a couple other times where the salespeople actually shown the salespeople salesperson was tired of being beat up, mm -hmm. and the salesperson you'll get that every now and then. The salesperson says, listen, car dealer, I can't control him. He runs these ads. He lies to you. You come in. You're here. And that was bait and switch. And I'm going to try to get you a good price. That's the degree of honesty. So I, I think I'm going to go with a C minus, largely because of the salesperson. But Cheryl, I don't know. I think he knows people don't take him seriously. And I think he knows that the power of, he's probably enormously profitable. He's I, I know he sells a ton of cars. At one time, he was the largest Kia dealer in the United States, and maybe the Hyundai dealer, too. So he sells, a, he, he's very successful with what he does. So uh, it's, he does it old school, and he does it in a refreshingly different manner. I don't like the sneaky people that really truly lie and, then, and do not admit it. And we're out of time. Yeah, we all agree. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was a mystery shopping report from Flashella Nissan of Clearwater, Florida. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week. Same time, same channel. Stay safe.